This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by K's. K's, folks, I can't say enough good things about K's Restaurant. There they are, located 1013 Cass Ave in Woonsocket. K's is doing takeout. You can call them for takeout at 762-9675. Why not take out from K's a nice steak sandwich or corned beef or the lobster roll or ham sandwich or the chicken salad sandwich is delicious. I love their roast beef or the pastrami is delicious. The roast turkey breast is fantastic. And also the grilled pork or the tuna fish salad, the shrimp cocktail, lobster cocktail, wedge salad. Listen, call K's for takeout. 401-762-9675. And let me tell you about K's. They are so terrific and they're always there when you need them. David and John, the people of K's Restaurant, they are without question always there, so generous supporting people. And I'm encouraging you during these times, support K's, a real local icon. K's Restaurant is everything you want in not only a restaurant, but a restaurant owner. And let me tell you about David. The guy is just, he is exactly the type of citizen you need, always steps up there, always helps out always very generous this is your opportunity to show your support for k's restaurant call them for takeout 762-9675 you can check out their website ksrestaurant.com or maybe get a gift card but the people there are just terrific listen why not treat yourself lunch dinner call k's do takeout with k's restaurant 762 762- nine six seven five and then you pop by and get it right there cass avenue across from cvs well hello hello it's john DePietro. oh that rhymes it is uh it's juan here i am weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at the website depetro.com follow me on facebook and twitter at john DePietro show Folks, I want to start off again. Um, boy, this story, it is really ironic what Governor Amundo is doing in regards to people coming in from out of state. Now, I want to play for you. This is the Channel 10 package. Now, this was just announced on Thursday. And <clears throat> I recognize a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it does make sense. People coming in from somewhere else, in this case, it's New York and so therefore it does make sense to stop them screen them who are they what if they're sick what if they're carrying in this case the coronavirus and suddenly the governor has the state police and the national guard stopping them at the border let's see some ids everything else this is the report about this and then we'll talk about it that aired on nbc10 Jean Patrice, the order starts immediately and also applies to New Yorkers who've come to Rhode Island in the last 14 days. And then starting tomorrow, National Guard troops will be at bus depots and train stations like the one here in Providence, and state troopers will be at the state line. Border Patrol, 
Rhode Island State Troopers will be pulling over passenger vehicles with New York plates, telling them if they are staying in Rhode Island at a second home, a rental, a hotel, or with others, that they must self-quarantine for two weeks. National Guard troops will be at the train station and bus depots doing the same. Governor Gina Raimondo is hoping to stop the New York coronavirus hotspot from spreading to her state, hoping to ease fears of Rhode Islanders who've noticed an influx of out-of-towners. Several coastal communities have already urged the New York quarantine in their communities. Now it's not a choice. This is different, this is unusual, this is radical. I believe it's necessary to confront the dangers that we're seeing in the New York City, New York metro area and the fact that we are 180 miles from there. The Governor Raimondo also says Rhode Island needs a better handle on how many of its citizens are sick. We need to ramp up our testing. But again says there are challenges getting supplies. The governor wants rapid results and a thousand tests per day a week from now, but says the state is less than halfway there. I cannot reopen the economy until we have a testing infrastructure in place similar to the one that what I are just you described. For? Earlier in the day, leaders of the House and Senate signed off on Raimondo's emergency request for a $300 million line of credit so the state can keep paying its bills and payroll as revenues plunge. We have to keep the lights on so we can keep Rhode Islanders alive. Uh, the action that we took today was very unusual. This board has never met previously, but this was why this board was created in the first place. And they praised the governor's response to the crisis. I think the governor uh, has exercised good judgment, is oh, protecting us, is balancing the needs Moments of the economy away from being the health care of our citizens very, very well. Now that was, again, folks, good morning, it's John DePietro. That was Brian Cand of Crandall of NBC10. In his report on the whole thing, what I want to do is just, here's what we want to do, just for sake, let's, I'm going to say it, every time you hear the word New York, let's instead put in the word illegal alien and see how this would fly if that were the case. Let's just say the sanctuary state of which she's proud of, you know, uh, allowing the illegals in, and they can all come as much as they want. Let's replace the word, listen to the report now, and it's illegal alien instead of someone from New York. Tomorrow, National Guard troops will be at bus depots and train stations like the one here in Providence, and state troopers will be at the state line. Border Patrol. Rhode Island state troopers will be pulling over passenger vehicles with New York plates. Guatemala. Telling them if they are staying in Rhode Island at a second home, a rental, a hotel, or with others, that they must self-quarantine for two weeks. National Guard troops will be at the train station and bus depots doing the same. Governor Gina Raimondo is hoping to stop the New York coronavirus hotspot. Guatemala. Illegal state, alien. Hoping to ease fears of Rhode Islanders who've noticed an influx of out-of-towners. Illegal. Several coastal communities have already urged the New York quarantine in their communities. Guatemala. Now it's not a choice. This is different, this oh. is unusual, oh. this is radical. Oh, I see. I believe it's necessary oh. to confront the dangers that we're seeing in the New York City, New York Guatemala, area, Colombia, and the fact that we are Mexico. 180 miles from there. The Governor Raimondo also says Rhode Island needs a better handle on how many of its citizens are sick. Now, folks, my point is, all right, enough of this foolishness from her. But again, my point is, and I think you can get it, you know, suddenly, and again, uh, hello, everyone. It's John DePietro. This is the John DePietro Show. Uh, suddenly, stopping and checking who these people are that are coming in, suddenly this is a good idea. Now, when President Trump talked about it and building the wall, and we have a right to screen who's coming in, I can't believe Governor Mundo was giving such hateful talk. My goodness, her own 
health director, the Rhode Island Department of Health, back in February when President Trump wisely banned flights coming in from China. And by the way, how about this? Now, China's banning flights from coming in from other places from coming into China. But anyhow, oh, well, President Trump, that was racist. That was anti-Asian. The whole thing of building the wall, you make people uh, un, un, not welcomed and you make people feel uncomfortable and we don't want to do that. And Roger Williams and blah, blah, blah. And we're a melting pot. And all of a sudden, whoa, now what? What's this? Where was she during this whole time? Why have we been letting all these people come in? Alorza, for the past four years since President Trump took over, he's proudly gone on national television and talked about Providence as, quote, a sanctuary city for all. Are we no longer a sanctuary city? Can no, no one come anymore? What happened to knocking build the wall? Do you believe the nerve of this crowd, the hypocrisy of the whole thing? Suddenly now she wants to stop people. Now think of this and think of the difference, by the way. Prior to this, if you're illegal and you're from pick a country, Guatemala, huge population of um, people from Guatemala living in Rhode Island, Liberia, by the way, huge, largest Liberian population happens to be in Rhode Island, Colombia or other countries in South America, they're totally welcomed and enroll your child in the school and make sure you stop by and get an EBT card and go by the Health and Human Services office and let's make sure we give you some gift cards for free clothes. And if you need anything as far as for WIC, as far as anything in taking care of young children, uh, we'll give you some spending money. We'll give you Section 8 housing, rolling out the red carpet. Kids go to school for free. If you don't feel well, go to the emergency room. Don't forget. Don't worry. There's no charge. We go to that to suddenly you have people from New York and Connecticut who own summer homes or year-round homes, second homes. Many of them maybe a third home. But anyhow, they own a home in watch hill they own a home in narragansett they own a home in newport or middletown or green hill or matunic or anywhere around there and suddenly them we have the state police and the national guard now now we're stopping them now we want to see ids why are they asking people do you have any firearms with you why would that come into play if you live in one of those states if you live in new york or connecticut and apparently it's mostly new york but if you live there and you do have a license uh you have a license to carry or whatever it may be they have no right to ask you why are they even pulling them over talk about profiling my goodness now let's go a step farther what if there's asian people that actually have a second home or summer home in narragansett or westerly or anywhere like that now oh new york plate how about if there's someone oh i don't know african-american or latino and they're driving the car with the New York plate. Isn't that profiling, Governor Raimondo? You know, it is just so pathetic. And I only say that because her and that Brett Smiley, who was her chief of staff, who now has weaseled his way into be the head of the uh, Department of Administration, they were so outspoken. And the name-calling on President Trump, and that's racist. You know, suddenly now they realize, and it's something you've known all along, Listen, it makes perfect sense to know who's coming in and out of the country. Where are they from? How about a form of ID? What are you doing here? How many people are here? Now we're saying to self-quarantine. You know, prior to this, people would get off at an airport, uh, excuse me, get off at TF Green, take a cab down to the Department of Health and Human Services, not quarantine, no one questioning them. The, on, they could do that on a, on a Monday and on Tuesday, the kids are in pick a school, the Providence Public Schools. 
the Pawtucket uh, Public Schools, the Central Falls Public Schools, Woonsocket Public Schools. We have a lot, even East Providence, but mostly Providence. My goodness, how things have changed. Suddenly now we're screening, we're stopping people. We have the, how come they don't have just volunteers out there? No, they have the state police and the National Guard. Boy, that doesn't sound very welcoming. That sounds the next thing you know, she's going to talk about building the wall. All right, coming up a lot more. The latest, and I'm going to give you real numbers now about the coronavirus. It's all ahead on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Whether it's heating or cooling, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. Licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them today at 401 351 7600. Listen, we still have a number of months ahead. You're going to need the heat. We don't know what's going to happen. March can still be chilly. April can still be obviously chilly. The heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient. They're quiet. More affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 53 years, JKL's reputation, second to none technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer call jkl engineering today remember estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump they're going to do it right they're going to do right the first time and remember with jkl engineering they'll keep it nice and cool in the summertime and nice and warm in the wintertime, Central Air is a life changer. Central Air is a game changer. And right now, estimates are free. Financing is available. License in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. The original, the best, J.K.L. Engineering. Call them, 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. Folks, remember now, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at DePietro.com and then follow me on both Facebook and Twitter at John DePietro Show. Well, as you know, and those that listen, uh, it is true that I have been critical of Governor Raimondo now announcing 33 new cases of COVID-19 and travelers from New York are being stopped at the border and searched by Gestapo-like stormtroopers is what it's like. Think of, my goodness, I hope they're not going to put anybody in cages. Is that the next step with Governor Armando? Are they going to put anybody in cages? Are they going to be separating parents from children? What if the parents are sick? What if the parents have a fever or a cough or they're showing different signs of the illness? Does that mean, is the, is the governor going to separate them? And maybe put the children in cages? Is that what's going to happen? I want to hear. This is the latest now. I still say the uh, media is going easy on the governor. But this is the Channel 12 report on uh, Governor Raimondo. And the latest now 
with the numbers. And I'll tell you exactly what the real numbers are. Nisi is live at the State House with a recap of what Governor Raimondo had to say today. Ted? Good evening. Yes, the governor says a lot of people are asking her when she will be able to lift some of the current restrictions. But right now, her focus is on adding more to try and stop the spread of COVID-19. I understand this is an extreme measure. Governor Gina Raimondo ordering anyone arriving in Rhode Island from the New York metro area to self-quarantine for 14 days. In light of the fact that New York City is a hotspot, their infection rate is skyrocketing, and it, they are so close to Rhode Island, in my judgment, this is the most prudent course of action. Uniformed personnel will be collecting contact information to enforce the order with National Guard members at bus depots and train stations and the state police pulling cars with New York plates. We fully realize there's a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety associated with this crisis. And I assure everyone, no matter which state you reside in, all troopers will be professional, polite, and will treat everyone with dignity and respect. These latest steps as the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases in Rhode Island jumps by 33 overnight. More alarmingly, the number of those hospitalized rising from 15 to 23, nine are in the ICU. Some hospitals have used the intensive care unit as a place to just monitor more closely. Six of the nine are actually intubated in the ICUs. The governor's new goal is to double testing capacity by next week to 1,000 people a day, but she says getting there is a huge challenge. I cannot reopen the economy until we have a testing infrastructure in place, multiple testing sites and swab collection sites around the state, and a capacity to run effectively, at scale, reliably, at least 1,000 tests a day. And back to those travel restrictions, the governor says she expects to announce further restrictions on individuals traveling to Rhode Island from New York in the coming days. And coming up new at 530, I'll tell you why the governor says it's proving so hard for Rhode Island. And well, here's the thing. And again, folks, uh, it's John DePietro. You're listening to the John DePietro show. Now, obviously, the thing about that that really jumps out and I'm going to get to it. These numbers are false. They've been false all along. Uh, they're, they're couching the numbers. Uh, I've been telling you that none of it makes sense, the math of it. Now suddenly it's spreading. How is it spreading if everyone is quarantined? And she's saying she needs to reopen the economy. The numbers are far higher, I'm telling you, than what she's saying because they haven't been testing people. Suddenly now she's saying, what is, what is taking so long? Why do the other states have all this testing going on? And if they haven't been testing people, why don't they just admit that they actually don't know how many people have it? As I have explained, the numbers, it's its not logical that the numbers would be so out of whack. I mean, what's going on in Boston right now is night and day, and it's its absolutely just terrible to watch. Massachusetts disaster assistance as the pandemic mounts, and the cases climbed by nearly 600 just in one day in Massachusetts. 20 cases confirmed. Seven, seven senior living sites in the state, two residents have died. Now, that's highly dangerous. A senior center is, number one, close quarters. Number two, very contagious. Number three, people that are not in physical condition to go through anything like that. The number of confirmed cases in Massachusetts, whatever you're doing right now, whether you're in Bellingham or you're in Attleboro or anywhere, think of this. The number of confirmed cases in Massachusetts is now at 2,500. 
and 10 new fatalities, eight men, two women. More than 200 people hospitalized. How in God's name does Massachusetts have 2,500 people and the amount of people in Rhode Island that work in Boston? There's no way that those numbers can be accurate. And the same thing, Connecticut is seeing the numbers spike. So more than 160 Boston hospital workers test positive for the coronavirus. Now, so you have all of these, you have all of these um, hospital workers, 160 testing positive. And Rhode Island, they won't even admit it. They keep denying it. They keep uh, saying that it's, they won't give out the exact numbers. I'm telling you right now, and I've been saying it for quite some time, that through a combination of things, of them not testing people, people that want to get tested who can't get tested won't get tested. Um, that's how the, the Ramundo people have kept it, kept it down. And I also want to be very clear that I wouldn't feel so adamantly, I mean, at least be transparent about it. So now, this is interesting. The ACLU is objecting to even the state police power to pull over cars with New York police in response to the coronavirus. And this is uh, the Boston Globe has it. Governor Armando ordered anyone traveling to Rhode Island from New York. State police is going to pull you over, quote, to help spread, help uh, um, halt the spread of the, the coronavirus. And they're objecting, saying, well, the governor may have the power to suspend some state laws and regulations. Uh, she can't suspend the Constitution. Under the Fourth Amendment, this is the ACLU, having a New York state license plate does not and cannot constitute probable cause to allow police to stop a car, interrogate the driver, no matter how laudable the goal of the stop may be. So, and she announced this, Governor Raimondo, Rhode Island has 33 new cases, and the state totals 165, Rhode Island's largest single-day increase. Now, again, I want to be very clear. Uh, I can't believe I'm agreeing with the ACLU. I also think uh, what I really uh, focus on because just like many of you, hey, listen, I don't want a lot of people, if they're infected from somewhere else, coming in here. My question for Governor Mundo, as I've been saying, is, like, why are you so late to the party? You know, the number of diseases. We are, by the way, next week we are going to restart our weekly segment with Terry Gorman. Um, it's no surprise that Providence has the highest uh, amount. Cranston has many more than are being reported. But the Department of Health, Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, and Governor Raimondo, they're not even testing people in Cranston. And by the way, if you are right now, if you call your doctor or you contact the Rhode Island Department of Health, unless you are like on your deathbed, they're not even testing you. They're just telling you to stay quarantined. So this fake number that they are going with, the reason, if the number was accurate, then then we would be uh, we wouldn't be doing all these things. Because if that were the case then Rhode Island would be way, way behind everybody else. I mean, then Rhode Island would be doing something magical. And we all know they're not. So Dr. Alexander Scott said 23 patients are now hospitalized in Rhode Island, nine of them in IC um, intensive care. Six of those are intubated. Now, I've heard, I was saying just yesterday that there's far more than just nine people in the hospital. They were saying nine yesterday. Well, now there's 23. I've heard it's much higher than that. They're saying nine of them are in intensive care units. I've heard that that number's been much higher. But to be clear, they won't hand over any accurate information about it. 
Now, what's alarming, though, is I think this is a little bit of the um, of kind of like crying wolf. And I think that the governor, by continuing to try to almost downplay it, that it's really not that bad. And uh, the numbers are low. And her quote, though, well, it's working. We were better prepared. And that type of foolishness is what it is. Um, I think it's going to come back, you know, to bite her. I think she's going to regret that. Because as I've said now, she's asking for all this money and everything else. And then the answer is going to be, why do you need all this testing if it's really not that bad? Folks, it's the John DePietro Show. A lot more ahead right here on AM 1380. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays 11 to 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online. Go to the website, DePietro.com. Now, speaking of the website, I would like you, and I ask, log on to the website, it's D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot com. And let me describe what it looks for you. On the left, you have the listen live button. And what does that mean? It means you could listen live. Let's just say you're out of the range where you can't get it on the radio. If you go to the website between 11 and 2, you can listen to it live. Let's say now, well, wait a minute, Juan. I wasn't near a radio or I was driving. I was out of the area. And I, oh, God forbid, but I missed the show. Well, you go below that and they have what's called a dashboard. And you'll see home. You'll see meet John DePietro. Hello, that's me. But then you see it says radio show. And if you click on that under radio show, that is every episode that we do. It's housed right there just like a library. It's all stored. And then you can just listen at your leisure right there at radio show. To the right of that, as we go on DePietro.com, you see where it says advertise. Now listen, right now. Maybe you've never advertised. I would love for you to advertise on the show. Listening is at an all-time high. If you're open and you have a business, tell me about it. And let me tell everyone about it. And we're going to tell everyone about it. And you can find it right there. Maybe you've never thought about it, but you want to advertise. Click on that. Or then you also see the contact button. You can contact me that way. And then above that, at the very top, you see the logo. You have my links to social media, Facebook link, Twitter link, Instagram, and then you also have YouTube. And then right below that, you'll see support the John DePietro radio show, John DePietro show Facebook live, and also DePietro.com. Folks, right below that, you can see it. If you support the show, you uh, find me entertaining, you enjoy listening, show your appreciation. There it is. Go to the website. It all begins and ends, as I say, at the website petro.com you know I, he tells it like it is the independent man um check it out it's all at petro.com if you're a business owner in today's world listen customers are judging you by your website and for most people when people hear about a company let's face it you don't have the yellow pages anymore most people they go online and they want to look at your website and that's how they're judging you. So that's their first introduction to you. It's not so much, you know, people would put a lot into the sign or the front of their store. Now, think about it. Your website, that is your signage. That is the first introduction. And that's why my friend Karen Etchells at Innovast is here to help. She redesigned DePetro.com. I've worked with Karen for over 20 years. You can reach her today for a free consultation at 401-321-2799, 401-321-2799.
$27.99. Karen Itchels at Innovast. Now is the time. Now it's 2020. When's the last time you freshened up your website? Maybe when you first got it and then you don't realize or you first set it online or had someone do it and you don't even remember who did it and it's not as effective as it could be. Much like, you know, you need to sometimes paint the outside of your building or maybe uh, inside your store, you realize, hey, maybe we need some new carpeting or a new type. Well, the same goes for your website. If you've been thinking about updating your website or you have questions, maybe get the most out of your social media. You can get a free consultation from Karen Etchells, local digital marketing ex professional. Well, marketing professional. She is excellent. And she's been doing this for over 25 years. Contact my friend Karen Etchells, Innovast Digital Marketing. Now, if you go to my website, topetro.com, you'll see her right at the bottom. So that's a click, an easy link. If you can't remember the name or you can't remember the phone number, I'm going to give them both again. But the very least, all you have to do is make your way to depetro.com. And at the very bottom, you'll see Innovast, innovast.com, and then her photos right there. Karen Etchells, again, take advantage, free consultation, 401 321 2799. 401 321-2799 or find Karen online at innovast.com. Go to log on to depetro.com and at the very bottom, you'll see the link and you can contact her. So whatever your business is, it doesn't matter whether you're a dentist or a restaurant or whatever business you're in, you need an updated website. Contact Karen Etchells. It's Innovast Digital Marketing. I-N-N-O-V-A-V-A-S-T, Innovast Digital Marketing. And again, 401-321-2799. Take advantage, free consultation with Karen. And also check out her work. I love it. I've worked with her over 20 years. You can see her link at dipetro.com. Well, folks, it's John DePetro. This is the John DePetro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at topetro.com. Well, TGIF, we have made it to Friday. You know, it certainly doesn't feel the way a normal Friday would feel. And everything, everything does seem different. But what I want to do, uh, and we will do during the course of the program, is just try to give you the latest, bring you up to speed. There's some, some interesting thoughts out there. There's a uh, doctor out of Yale that wrote a very interesting piece in the New York Times that I'm going to talk about. Um, and there's a lot of talk about that South Korea has been doing it the right way. And yesterday, I want to start. Now, listen, I know, obviously, I think uh, the Trump administration, I think that Dr. Anthony Fauci with the president, vice president, I mean, I, I just feel that when they're up there, that Dr. Fauci, isn't he fantastic? He is... Um, really really remarkable but right now i think it's interesting that someone who's emerged as a big national leader and their profile is incredible and that is the governor of new york governor andrew cuomo his style uh his confidence the way he presents the information now he's wondering and this is interesting if the coronavirus quarantine may have backfired in some cases so um, they're saying that, you know, the sweeping statewide quarantine order, New York Post has a story. He said, you know, the whole thing of restarting the economy, we closed everything down. That was our public health strategy. If you rethought that or had time to analyze, I, I don't know what you say about quarantine everyone. 
Now, this is the third day in a row Governor Cuomo now has publicly mused about quarantines and how to best to eventually restart the New York economy, which, as you can imagine, I mean, New York City's in lockdown. So he was answering, and um, he said, I don't know what the best public health policy. Young people quarantine with older people. It's not the best public health strategy. Younger people could have been exposing the older people to the infection. Now, keep in mind, New York has clocked close to 40,000 confirmed cases and close to 400 deaths. So there's a Yale professor that I mentioned, David, Dr. David Katz, and he wrote a piece, The Theory of the Risk Stratification. Very interesting. Isolate people, but really isolate the vulnerable people. Don't isolate everyone. Some people, most people, are not vulnerable to it. And if you isolate all people, you might actually be exposing the more vulnerable people by bringing in a person who's healthy or stronger who may have been exposed to the virus. So he said, and why have all of this? Because it's 1%, 2% of the population. It lives. It's grandmothers and grandfathers, sisters and brothers. And you start to see the cases on TV. It's a 40-year-old woman who recovered from breast cancer but had a compromised immune system for children at home. This is what it's about. It's a vulnerable population. Younger people can go back to work. People have resolved to go back to work. People, once we get the antibody test, show they have the virus resolved, can go back to work. So I think what makes him so different, and I want to play a little bit of sound. This is New York Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, that was our public health strategy. Just close everything. All businesses, all workers, young people, old people, short people, tall people, every school, close everything. If you rethought that or had time to analyze that public health strategy... I don't know that you would say quarantine everyone. I don't even know that that was the best public health policy. Young people uh, then quarantined with older people was probably not the best public health strategy because the younger people could have been exposing the older people to an infection. So how do you modify the public health strategy to make it smarter from a public health point of view but also starts to get you back to work. Younger people can go back to work. People who have resolved can go back to work. People who, uh, once we get this antibody test, uh, show that they had the virus and they resolved, can go back to work. You know, I give him a lot of credit. And again, that is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And at least he's acknowledging it. Because right now, and I think most of you, I think, well, most people, I, I find on these things, you, you have you have different spectrums of people. I have people that are saying, shut everything down. And that that is, as he said, it's it's kind of like in South Korea, they have the, the herd uh, mentality that herd testing, herd quarantine. We, I completely agree with him. We have to do something to get the economy going and back to work. How many people listening right now have already been laid off from your job? I'm, I'm getting email from many of you. And you can always email me at john at dipetro.com. Uh, visit the website, dipetro.com. Remember, you can always uh, listen online. But it was the piece that he was talking to, is our fight against the coronavirus worse than the disease? And it was this doctor who was then talking, and he is at Yale. And actually, he appeared on Anderson Cooper. And I want to play a little bit. This is Dr. David Katz. Now, listen to him as he explains on Anderson Cooper and uh, CNN. Social distancing, sheltering in place, 
doing everything possible to mitigate spread of the virus, which if all the infections spread at once to the most vulnerable people really can cause uh, a huge surge in severe infection death, overwhelm the medical system, totally in support of the public health measures. But if I may, Anderson, at, you know, at the beginning of this, I, I, I want to put a human face to it. I'm thinking about people like my parents. Uh, my parents are both 80 and generally in pretty good health. And they are sheltering in place and separated from the rest of the family because you know they, they really can't associate with young people who could potentially inadvertently transmit the virus. And I've spoken to them both about, you know, what are you most concerned about right now? And my father... Uh, his biggest concern, he obviously doesn't want to get coronavirus and die, certainly. But right now, the recommendations seem to be an indefinite period of shutting everything down. His biggest worry is his life's legacy, losing his life savings, everything he's worked. He's a cardiologist uh, up until recently, was still seeing patients. And, and, you know, really deeply concerned that his entire life is uh, everything he's worked for may slip through his fingers in, in this twilight period. And my mother's biggest worry uh, is that she may be required to stay in social isolation so long that she dies of something else before she can ever hug her grandchildren again. What I'm suggesting is we use this period where we do everything possible to mitigate spread, gather data to see who is subject to severe infection, risk of death, and what segment of the population is not. And I've looked across the seas to the data from other countries. South Korea has done the best job of gathering data. Germany's not far behind. South Korea reports that 99% of all cases are mild, and the high risk is very concentrated in the elderly and people with chronic illness. We can use this initial period to tell people, look, we're going to carefully gather data. I I think it's folly to say it's a week or two. It's some amount of time to reach a critical mass of data to say we can now very clearly risk stratify. There's a large section of the population, maybe very prone to get the infection, but it's extremely likely it'll be mild. And then a portion of the population we have to very diligently protect because they can't afford to get it. They're prone to severe infection. So how how would that work? You're saying essentially focus on the most vulnerable, uh, gather data now, keep the things in place currently, but ultimately use that data to see if it aligns with South Korea, what you you mentioned, uh, the Diamond Princess data, uh, and right. and 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 sort of mobilize forces sure to protect the protect the, uh, the the elderly. How would you do that though? Would they be socially isolated then? Right. I mean, they would they would they still would. be in some sort of quarantine, yeah. I assume. Yeah. Well, inevitably, see, they're doing it now. So you know, again, I, I'm not proposing anything for the high-risk population that we aren't doing now, except maybe more. Uh, Because, you know, for example, we sent college students home. We laid off young people from businesses that shuttered. A lot of those came back home to live with their older parents, including in my house. So three of our kids came back home. Two college students from Boston, one who was working in New York City, to potentially infect their almost 60-something parents. And, And by the way, I'm not feeling it. Right. So, you know, that may have happened. Now, thankfully, my wife and I are very healthy, and I suspect if we get this, it'll be very mild. But, yeah, I I would say we double down to make sure we identify the people most at risk of severe infection and death. It appears to be a relatively small segment of the population. I don't think anybody should be too sure of that too soon. So, Sanjay, sorry. So, folks, again, that was, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta was on this. Now, it's John DePietro. That is, uh, what I think is interesting about that is, and notice how the, like, the pushback a little bit from Anderson Cooper, and he is a Yale professor, Dr. David Katz, 
and it's risk stratification. I'm going to talk about that a lot more coming up. Leave it right here. Much more ahead on this Friday on the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's John DePietro, and this is a special message for business people uh, that are trying to adapt to the latest circumstances. So much, so many of you are now working remotely, and you're realizing now just how dependent you are, whether it be with your cell phone, with your service, working remotely. And joining us right now, you've heard me talk about him so many times. It's our friend Sal, who is here to help any business person. Good afternoon, Sal. Good afternoon, JD. How are you? I am uh, trying to get used to what's going on, just like everybody else. That's right. It is such an unusual time, but um, a lot of businesses right now are finding that they need to either be able to work more efficiently with their employees or for themselves, work remotely. And I want to make sure people know about your services. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, I, we've mentioned before, but I'm with T-Mobile right now, and I and I recognize that it, uh, you know that it's a tough time to to do business in the state and overall throughout the country, and I and I recognize that. So with T-Mobile, where we want to reach out, help to help reach out to small businesses and help them as much as we can. Um, and, and with that, we know there's a lot of uh, a good amount of businesses out there that are allowing their workforce uh, work from home. So we have some great solutions for the, the companies out there to let their employees work from home. And, and with that, we have mobile hotspots, which have been becoming very popular right now um, because maybe wi- Wi-Fi might not be an option at their house or at their work for some reason. But with the mobile hotspots we offer with T-Mobile, this will give them the ability to work remotely. Um, so I encourage if anyone uh, that owns and operates a small business or has a workforce that needs to rely on mobile internet, reach out to me. I can help you. Call me today at 401-332-0000. That is my number directly, so I will pick up when you call. I want to help you as much as I can, even if it's not something where you want to purchase service and you just maybe just have some questions regarding your service with your current carrier. Um, the big thing is I want to help consumers out there with small business, with their small business. And as you know, I've come from a small business world. Um, I did oper- own and operate my own small business for the last seven years, so I get the challenges that, are, that people are experiencing right now, and I want to help out as much as I can. So... And with that, like I said, T-Mobile is here to help with mobilizing your workforce, offering mobile hotspots, uh, and I, I will help you with that. And again, my direct number is 401-332-0000. And call me anytime. I'm available. I'm here to help. And Sal, also, just touch on, I think a lot of people are learning. You know, maybe they haven't seen family, but you can show them on FaceTime or yep. businesses. There's ways that you can help them work remotely with their employees that they may not even be aware of. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people, and even including myself, were uh, conducting meetings via FaceTime, via Skype, uh, WhatsApp, chat, through the, through the video options. So um, there are other ways to communicate in business, and myself included. If you want to have a conversation with me face-to-face, we can do it germ-free by having a Skype call or a FaceTime call. And you can do the same within your business as well. If you have employees that rely on communicating with their uh, customers, um, there are ways doing it without meeting face to face, completely safe, completely germ free uh, by either a Skype call, FaceTime, whatever it may be. There's different platforms you can have that video call. And I'm more than happy to show you that. I can show you and explain how to use that and set it up. Uh, it's very simple to do. Um, I've been doing it myself. I, I conducted about five meetings last week and they were all via Skype <laughs> from my office. So um, times are definitely challenging right now, but we kind of, you know, kind of work with it and move with these times and just kind of figure out what's going on. I think it's 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 very unpredictable at the moment. And um, if I could help in any way, feel free to reach out. Again, my direct line is 
0000. Folks, call him Sal by T-Mobile. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, John. It's John DePietro on AM and it's John DePietro. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at dipietro.com. Follow me on both Facebook and Twitter at John DePietro Show. You can always drop me an email, but I encourage people log on and go to the website. I want to follow up with what I was just playing, and that was that doctor from Yale, risk stratification. And let's put this in real terms. People that are young and healthy, you know, looking at this, it it was and they're they're learning as they go along but it it was wrong to send all the college kids home because the more we're learning about it as he said college students will get now again i want to be very clear here but college students will get maybe a mild form of it but there's really no reason to just now suddenly isolate quarantine everyone so let's let's look at a sporting event if if there is someone that has uh, chronic health problems or a compromised immune system, they should not be out at crowds or working. Other people, they will, in fact, if they get it, it would be some mild symptoms of that. So that means you want to have, go see the Red Sox play at Fenway Park. If you're someone with chronic uh, health problems or you're maybe an older person or anything like that, you by all accounts, probably should not go. But that's a small percentage of the people. If you're talking about 1% to 2%, let's just do that in in sheer numbers. When you have, um, well, 100,000 people at a Michigan college football game, it's probably 2,000 people that could fit that category. Max, it really shouldn't go to that. But there's no reason to shut everything down for everyone else and the same thing with the workforce uh there's there is no reason why and i'm not just saying college students there's other people that are young and healthy and and it was an overreaction i think they're going to have to revisit this and it doesn't make sense i found it very interesting as he was saying that with his parents now his dad is 80 and his biggest concern is not oh my god i may get it and die he was saying his biggest concern is that his life savings his life work is wiped out his mom who i guess is in her is 80 years old her biggest concern is so am i ever going to see my grandchildren again am i is this it like so this is what it's like from now on till i die it's me and my husband are just quarantined in here what kind of life is this notice neither one of the people and i think that is very symbolic how a lot of people feel and um is it they're not some many older people i was talking about i was talking with a friend of mine last week and he was saying his mother is i think she's 80 very active she is down in florida her biggest fear is not uh is not catching it and then dying he said his mother his mother's biggest fear was having the rest you know the twilight of her life interrupted by just nothing being open and just being alone in self-isolation and i i think that's that's not that's something that we shouldn't ignore risk stratification you have a group of people uh i think a lot of the social distancing is good i think the hand washing is good one thing and i know some people don't get it is we have to start restart the economy we have to get people back to work we have to as they move ahead 
to try to uh, learn more about a vaccine or, you know, there is the element of social distancing. I think a lot of people forever are affected that way and understand um, that that certainly should help stop the spread. But then what does it mean when you have people that are basically normally healthy? This, it sounds like they do get it. They're then home or just you have to stay in for seven to ten days we were saying two weeks but it certainly seems like it seems to be more in the seven to ten range day range and then you get over it and now they it we still don't have answers yet on whether or not does that mean now you're immune to it going forward you know could you get it again or i mean that part I, there are reoccurring cases of it but i i do see the merits and i think it needs to be discussed more South Korea, they seem to have the better handle on it, which seems amazing. I think that doctor was interesting where he was talking about, you know, Germany testing is good. Um, I also, I feel it's very important that people like New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, at least he's publicly talking about, you know, in hindsight, maybe that wasn't the best idea that we suddenly, you know, said, let's quarantine everybody. Let's make sure that everybody is suddenly away that doesn't seem to be um, the best strategy. Now, in this morning's Providence Journal, Italy grapples with disaster. Some 19% of Rhode Island residents are Italian-American, highest percentage of any state. So Italy has suffered greatly. Northern region, population on average older than America's, higher percentage smokers. It's true. Took a while Italy realized how fearsome the disease was. Um, now, Italy's handbag industry, close links with China, thousands of immigrants returning from Wuhan, interacted with the population, spreading the, the disease. The grim reality, March 8th, number of deaths, deaths spiked by more than 50%. The, Italy has been on lockdown since March 10th. As of Wednesday, the website Info listed Italy with 70,000 cases of coronavirus, highest total in Europe second highest in the world um there have been eight seven thousand deaths in italy medical community has scrambled to help they've been forced to make life death decisions i think we've seen you've heard about a lot of that um and they're you know blasting people stay at home go only out for basic shopping and go to the chemist not everyone in italy is obeying uh and then you have um many uh these young mayors um what one strong language i'm going to address you all where are you going i mean they're very upset daily newspapers steady streams of deaths in the community and the uh catholic priests gave up the respirator that the parishioners had purchased for him he wanted someone younger suffering so it is um horrible what is going on there but again look at their health health care system is not what rhode island should be or i should excuse me the the health system in italy if Bernie Sanders had his way, that is their type of health system, basically. Um, certainly not like the United States. And also heavy, you know, a lot of heavy smokers, so you have a compromised immune system with your lungs. But I even look at, you know, Providence Mayor extends closure, including Providence Place Mall. I understand you want don't want people in the food court at Providence Place Mall. But just, I, I'm not sure, why do all the stores have to be closed? You know, I don't think a lot of people are going out and if you have people monitoring, those people should be allowed to try to remain in business. Now, as you may have heard, 
now a second staffer at the Eleanor Slater Hospital in Cranston has tested positive. Folks, this is a big problem with the sheer number of people that are in the healthcare profession that seemingly are, uh, that are in fact uh, coming, uh, finding themselves testing positive. And, it, and, it, and it's a major problem because there are people at some point are going to say, um, you know, is, is it really worth it? Do I need to do this job? I'm working nonstop. I'm endangering myself. I can't see my family. I've gotten, I've, I've received email from many people that then they're hesitant to be around uh, their husband, around their children. Uh, they feel they can't go see their, their uh, parents or their older relatives. It's, um, it, it, it's a major problem. I, I don't, I think what's important to remember is that that the the china strategy of just shutting everything down that seemingly there's nothing wrong with saying you know as we're going through this maybe that wasn't the best approach to take i think what governor uh, doctor <laughs> what governor andrew cuomo said at least let's discuss it and it is uh risk stratification there is no reason to shut down a college campus there is no reason to not allow people to go to a baseball game or a football game again someone who has chronic health problems someone uh those are people that they, they are the most vulnerable that is not for them but if you have 10 people and if all 10 get it get the coronavirus and of the 10 nine are seemingly have 10 you know 10 days or mild symptoms and then they're fine it seems right now i am starting to go in the camp it seems extreme measures for full you know the full 10 to be on lockdown and you can do this obviously if it's 100 people uh and then you know that that just seems like a a very small number to then lock or shut everything down uh you're listing a lot more head Stay tuned right here, AM 1380, 99.9 FM, and it is the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by K's. K's, folks, I can't say enough good things about K's Restaurant. There they are, located 1013 Cass Ave in Woonsocket. K's is doing takeout. You can call them for takeout at 762-9675 why not take out from case a nice steak sandwich or corned beef or the lobster roll or ham sandwich or the chicken salad sandwich is delicious i love their roast beef or the pastrami is delicious the roast turkey breast is fantastic and also the grilled pork or the tuna fish salad the shrimp cocktail lobster cocktail wedge salad listen call k's for takeout 401-762-9675 and let me tell you about case they are so terrific and they're always there when you need them david and john the people of case restaurant they are without question always there so generous supporting people and i'm encouraging you during these times support case a real local icon case restaurant is everything you want in not only a restaurant but a restaurant owner and let me tell you about david the guy is just 
he is exactly the type of citizen you need always steps up there always helps out always very generous this is your opportunity to show your support for k's restaurant call them for takeout 762-9675 you can check out their website k'srestaurant.com or maybe get a gift card but the people there are just terrific listen why not treat yourself lunch dinner call k's do take out with k's restaurant 762-9675 and then you pop by and get it right there cass avenue across from cvs